0: Hey, everyone, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Just a quick warning, uh, Kat Timth is today's guest, and we jump right into a very, very serious subject matter regarding her and uh, the loss of her mother. There is usually some banter back and forth where we talk about uh, how much food I ate and the different random cheeses and things like that. But just to let you know, we jump right into the conversation, but please give it a listen. I think you're going to absolutely love it and, uh, and learn a lot. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
1: Coming to you from New York City, this week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show.
0: That beautiful, raspy voice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Got it from the East Gags.
0: I, yeah, yeah. Do you, did, has your voice changed from the East Gags? No,
1: my voice always sounded like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, uh, what is that, Kathleen Turner? I don't know. Lauren Bacall. Ah, yeah, Lauren Bacall. You know. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. As always, joined by Mike Coscarelli. Thanks for everything you do, Mike. You're very welcome, Ben. Today's guest is Fox News contributor and writer for the National Review, Catherine Timp. Thank you so much for being here, Cat. Yeah,
1: thanks for thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. Catherine Timp. Now, Cat, you are known for having a bubbly, sparkly personality. <laughs> You're one of uh, one of the most successful people at Fox News. Everybody loves you. Mostly. Everybody loves the Cat Timp. <laughs>
1: maybe
0: and you know but not a lot of people know about your personal life because you do a great job of separating uh work and your personal compartmentalizing, life compartmentalizing yes exactly but you've gone through some major family struggles over the past year yes. and um and i feel like your story uh, regarding uh the passing of your mother Anne marie tim wonderful woman uh would help out a lot of people yep. so um what exactly happened with your mother and when do you find out that she was sick?
1: Okay, so she was sort of a little sick. She was, you know, kind of like a cough, whatever. Then it got worse. Uh, so around, what
0: month was, What? Wh- when did this start?
1: Uh, last spring. She kind of, I mean, they thought she had asthma. and It was really not a big deal, but it progressed really quickly. So she came to visit me in July, last July, um, you know, beginning of August, and she couldn't really move around very well. She was helping me clean my apartment and help me go grocery shopping and all this stuff, which is crazy because like I was complaining about being on crutches and she was going to die in a couple of months and she wasn't complaining at all. But um, so that summer, basically, there was fluid in her lungs. Things weren't looking great. Um, so then they tested her for cancer, and she did not have cancer, and we were so excited. We were so excited about that. They said it's right. just a normal heart problem, like not normal, but like, you know, heart disease that can be cured with medication.
0: And this was in a, uh, now she was in Detroit? hmm And how old was she?
1: She was 57.
0: So she was very young.
1: Very young, fit, attractive, organic eating woman.
0: Oh, I bl- Yeah. organic eating? Organic eating. You know, Ladies. she didn't
1: eat garbage. She didn't smoke. She mm. barely drank at all, so now it's I feel like health is up to chance at this point, but
0: right, well, that's why you're continuing with your East, East gag Gags.
1: diet
0: <laughs> East gag consumption and overall uh, meat diet, yeah, and a lot of cheese a as lot well. of
1: bagels. Um, but so, and then I'll never forget it. I was at Lanigan's drink, uh, drinking with, with some people and my, I called my mom and we got into a fight on the phone cause whatever, we're both, we're both, uh, we're a very emotional, hard on our sleeves type people. So, you know, we'd always get into fights, but they were helpful. They were healthy. And then my dad picked up the phone. He took it from my mom and he said, you know, your mom might have this disease, uh, called cardiac amyloidosis. Don't Google it. So I'm sobbing on the cab ride home cause of course I'm Googling it and it says, you know, the average life expectancy is less than a year. We didn't know that she had it, yet. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to have a mom for just a year. And this this was in, in September. Um, and so it took three weeks to figure out that, my brother sent me a text message, um, the beginning of October that said, uh, oh, um, oh my God, mom really is gonna die. And so that's how I found out that she had it. I was standing at a Dwayne Reed, and I started crying. So um, yeah. she
0: got. So she went to the hospital. They said that she didn't have cancer. So this yeah. was a great moment of relief. Yeah. And then three weeks later, after a yeah, series of a other tests, later, yeah. about a month later, they they found that she had this very unique disease. How many people a year, uh, roughly, die from like, this disease? Uh, like
1: people get diagnosed, maybe like a couple thousand a year. It's super rare. Super rare. Yeah. And the thing that sucks is they actually found signs of an invasive disease um, over this maybe in June, I believe. I don't know. It was over the summer, early summer, and they kind of were like, "Ah, eh, don't worry about it." So people don't really care because there's not a lot of um, not not a lot of hospitals can do anyway. So they don't. So she ended up being treated in uh, Boston. So she came up to Boston and I, since I live here in New York, was basically living half in the hospital um, and then half here in New York. And I would come back for all my TV hits uh, they, everyone said it was fine, obviously, to not stay there, but my mom right. wanted me to. She was like, no, I want you to be doing everything you'd be doing. So I was just going back and forth. I did a TV hit 12 hours before she died. I did a show. And what show was that? It. Uh, It was um, what's Gretchen was, Carlson. Gretchen Carlson. Yeah.
0: And so you were working with Red Eye and you were doing yep. all of these different things for Fox with yep. Greg Gutfeld, yep. multiple, Lou Dobbs. Yep. And so as you're on Fox being the personality that you are and, you know, In real life, cat is an unbelievable joy as well. (laughs) But um, how were you able, was that almost, was it good that you were working during this time? That you were able to sort of remember that you had a life outside of the hospital?
1: Yeah, it really was, especially because I know my mom would watch and she'd stream it. She'd show people at the hospital, this is my daughter, you know. They probably didn't even recognize me when I came in though because I looked so beautiful on TV when I came. When I was at the hospital, it was like a sobbing mess with a... It's like a messy bun, um, but so when
0: your mom first went to the hospital, now is this is this disease that she had? Is this something that they could have run tests on before? Yeah, and possibly um, is there any prevention for it? Is there any way to to stop it early enough where you can actually defeat it?
1: Yeah, generally no. Generally, the reason is cause of detection. But um, so we went, I guess, on the way down to the hospital. Um, she was walking to the bathroom really fast, and she passed out. And um, so, they like wheeled her away in an ambulance, and they had to stay overnight in this hospital. And they're doing all these tests on her, and we're like, "We're." My dad was like, "We're already on the way to." to boston we know what's wrong with her we're gonna get it treated and my dad just like tells me about these memories of like them being in bed together with like all the tubes like you know tangled up it's really depressing and they were not letting her leave they were like we can't be liable something if something happens on the way there and i guess my dad said i would rather die have my you know have my wife or my mom said i'd rather die in the car with my husband than here with you people so eventually they let her go um and then the next day they were at a hotel i met her at the. The hotel and i went to her appointment the next day and they took her right to the hospital and you know she never she never left she went from one hospital to the other but she she started doing chemo um it was starting she was like she handled it really well at first and um she she was like getting up she was walking around she was like putting on makeup saying like she was like getting ready for her date with my dad to walk around the hospital and then i was out to breakfast like she was gonna go home yeah. Um, and back to Detroit and like they had a chemo there all set up and everything and I was out um, to breakfast with my you know boyfriend at the time and uh, I got a phone call from my dad saying you know we just had a setback and what happened was she just collapsed again and um, so she was going to have to go to the ICU um, so I, that was like the worst day. I mean, I went there and, and you I'm, were
0: in New York at this time. And she was I know I was in Boston. In
1: Boston. I was, we, I was, we were in Boston. I was in Boston. And so I rushed over there and it's like, she's like talking about her heart doing this and that. She's freaking out. I'm like shaking. I'm like, I like threw up cause she just looks like she was terrified. She was like looking at my dad and like the stuff I had to see. She was like, you know, Dan, what are we going to do? I don't want to die. You know? And he's like telling her like, don't worry. You know, we'll we'll go out to the country after this is over, and we'll nothing will be able to hurt us. And they're crying, and I'm just like sitting there on the couch, like convulsing and shaking. And right, and so yeah, she like goes off to the ICU, and I also never forget, you know, like when she was in the seeing her in the ICU, um, you know, and my brother and sister were still in Detroit. I was the one that was there for all this because I lived on the East Coast. You know, the tubes all in her neck and in her nose, and you know, just everywhere. And she had been working up until three weeks before her death. So it's like unbelievably progressive.
0: And a little background about your mom's work. Um, When she did pass, uh, you were unbelievably moved by the people who came to the funeral. What did your mother do?
1: She was a school social worker and she was really good. Um, We had two days of viewing for like eight hours each and then a funeral. And like all of them were mosh pits. Right. Um, You know, we had thousands of people. We had uh, somebody, you know people coming up and saying, hey, you know, I came here from Chicago. I want to tell you if it wasn't for your mom, I'd be in, in prison. Or, you know, your mom was the only person who I told was gay in, in high school and, mm-hmm. and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it was really moving, especially because, you know, a lot of these, these kids, it's like, you know, th- they're people that I would maybe see on the street and be like, ugh. Right. You know, like it was like, but she loved them. And th- a lot of them were difficult to deal with. I'm sure because they don't know if they're going to go home and their, you know, parents are going to be dead of a drug overdose or whatever. Right. But all day. I mean, she I mean, I remember she would, you know, rather than invite the families into the school, she, I would see her leave and, and you know, you know, just put on like a jeans and, and a T-shirt and go to like the trailer parks and talk to the families there. So they'd be more comfortable. Right. So, yeah.
0: A real hero. She was. And she really when was. you were growing up, did you realize the amazing work that she was no.
1: doing? <laughs> I mean, I did and I didn't because right. it, I, I knew that she was a social worker and I knew that she was a good social worker. Um, and you know, she'd, you know, be talking to these kids. Um, but I didn't really realize how many people she had an impact on. They also did a fundraiser for a scholarship at her high school for people that wanted to go to a uh, school for social work. And it was like a, this faculty fa- talent show, which nobody wants to go to. Nobody <laughs> no. wants to go to that. <laughs> they're and teachers for they're, a reason. Nobody wants to yeah. go to that, but they, you know, they ended up, having to have people watch from producers outside. They're hoping to raise 500 bucks and they raise enough money, it was five dollars a person, they raise enough money for two different scholarships for two different years. Unbelievable. So, yeah, so like, popular.
0: So you were, when you were in the hospital, obviously, I mean, you were 25 at the time, right? Yeah, well, she, and, she yeah, yep. And uh, at this point, everything was on the career side. Yeah. Just looking so great. You're crushing the yep. National yep. Review. Yeah. Amazing articles on a daily basis become a Fox you became a Fox News contributor you're crushing the shows everybody loves you your Twitter is going through the room <laughs> yeah so you have this bizarre dichotomy of career success and really achieving all your dreams but then how did you deal with the emotional drain of being in the room while your once vibrant unbelievable mother was was suffering
1: uh, it was it was really hard um...
0: do you have any advice for people who are going through that now or will be going through that in the future because You know, sadly, we're all going to go through something like this at some point. Yeah. Well,
1: this isn't really advice, but maybe just a warning. Um, I think that the only thing that the uh, media film, whatever, romanticizes more than sex is probably death. Right. Uh, A lot of people would say to me, you know, hey, you know, at least you got to say goodbye to her. And, And it's it's not really like that because for her, she declined so quickly. Um, that, you know, these, these, this idea of this deathbed conversation. Mm. And, and so I was really expecting that, you know, where she tells me all these things and Mm. this is beautiful moment. She was like, you know, I'm tired, I'm thirsty and I love you basically, you know, she couldn't really talk. She was so tired, you know, I'll never forget when the last time the whole family was together, she was like sitting there, she was, she wasn't even conscious, you know, my dad's just like talking out loud to all of us about how we like built this fan you know we built this family and we decided to make it work i finally got, got cuz they dated for 7 years like on and off it's like a adorable like funny story um it gives me hope in dysfunctional relationships cuz they had the best marriage ever but um and you know he just was like damn it and he threw a pen across the room and my dad's like the chillest guy ever so it was just right. like it's just so sad but so i mean your
0: father dealt with it through i mean you he would rightfully be angry
1: well he he was actually very positive up until the very end Um, Even he kept being so after they they found out um, they found out she wasn't treatable on my 26th birthday. And they didn't tell me, but I knew because they didn't call me. So then I called, and my my mom was like, you know, everyone. She was like, I was, she was like, I don't even know what's the point of trying. and I was, I'd never heard her like that before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I bet you that they found out that you know, there's nothing they can do. Um, and then sure enough, the, the next day, um, you know, my dad like sent me this you know long message like, we'll never forget our joy on this day. Me and your mom, like October 29th, you know, you know, 2014, uh, and and 14, and um. And so I knew, and and so what they were going to do was they were going to take her to another hospital to see if she was eligible for a heart transplant. She's already so sick. It would take six months for her to get a heart. I was pretty realistic about it. I was just like, she's going to die. It's a matter of when. My dad would always say, you know, if she does, if she does. My dad and I actually got into this huge fight at a restaurant a couple of days before she died with my brother and sister she's like well if she doesn't I was like dad she's gonna die she's gonna like you know I'm sure that since they're near this major research hospital this can't be the first time they've had to deal with this kind of drama I'm like sobbing At this yeah this yeah. like restaurant I'm like sitting there with this like cheeseburger that I have absolutely no interest in eating whatsoever right. there's nothing about like watching somebody die people will be like cat you're so skinny mm. oh, you're so skinny you need to eat something I'm like thanks you know like I know that <laughs> nothing I, I did lose weight you know and not on purpose it's just like you're not watching someone die and you're like not you know you're just not but um so I really I walked in uh before she died a couple hours everyone else was in the cafeteria she was sitting by herself crying and she was like you know like Catherine I'm so glad it's just you and it's only you she's like I love your dad but like she's like you know I'm gonna die right and I was like yeah yeah I do and she was like thanks for letting me say that you're the only one that would let me say that, you know, because she's like, everybody thinks I'm an idiot, you know, like, oh, raise her spirits. You know, like, this shit's eating away at her body. Right. It's not a it's not a mood thing. Um, so I was just like, I know. You know what? My my pessimism uh, gave her some relief then. I right. guess. So
0: Well, you always have been able to confront things head on. Yeah. And I know that you don't like you don't deal with people who are full of bullshit. No. And you don't like to just skirt around. Just if you have something to say, say it. And your mother and you were very similar. Exactly. In, in that Exactly. So when it came to you just admitting that she was going to die was this part of a healing process did you preempt the healing process in some to some degree or what was your motivation behind not entertaining the idea
1: because uh, there was no escaping could- it for me because i i could see her and and i knew that i mean look at her okay so just like people put too much faith and you know I'm, I'm not a religious person in you know a religion i think that it's the same thing with people that put too much faith in in science, because you know, I actually even before she was diagnosed with the disease, I was like, she's got something. I mean, like you don't like think about like pioneer days. Someone gets a little slow, they're hobbling around, right. they're gonna die. It's like they didn't, you know, they didn't know specifically of what, but it's like grandpas are sickly, you know. So um, I, I just, I just couldn't deny it. It was, it was, um, I, 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 you know, it's no in my brother, I'll never forget my. I was in the, ch- it was in the the makeup chair to do red eye. Um, this was about a week and one day before she died, actually. And I found out that they were flying my, you know, brother and sister out to the hospital. And my brother texted me and he was like, yeah, we're going out there. And he's like, you know, so obviously since we're going out there, the, the reason that they're we're flying, uh, they're flying. My dad was like, oh, they're just bringing them out here to see if they can lift her spirits. You know, it's like, dad. And my brother's like, we're getting flown out there because she's not coming back. So and I'm like, oh, my God. and I'm like upset. But then I like went and I did the show. Right. And, and yeah, you know,
0: I want to get into that a little bit. How did you manage to to sit there on camera and uh, and not break down? What was inside of you? would not Because you know these, I don't know if I could do that. I have yeah. a very difficult time if I miss the subway. Yeah, and I have to go do something. It takes me thirty minutes to recover. In a you know?
1: yeah, in a way that was kind of a, a relief for me because I couldn't do that anywhere else. Now I was not that successful in maintaining composure in um in my personal life. <laughs> right. Um, I did. Uh, especially because things were going well for me so so well for me career wise I was so happy about that But but it, it you know, it's it's an absolute nightmare to lose your mom um, Especially in that way and especially so young and especially me being the oldest I take on so many responsibilities um, So even from the time when she was sick, we didn't know what was going on all the way until she died and, and still to this day It's it's really hard for me to manage my emotions especially because there's nobody that relates to what I'm going through I don't right. I, I don't know a single person without a mother Um, actually. Right. Um, So, you know, I would I would, you know, especially I I was taking it out on other people to some extent. And that's not okay. I, 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 you know, crying, yelling and and nobody would know what I was upset about. And they'd be like, why is she so mad at me? But it wasn't about them. It's just because I I, I just didn't know. It it was very difficult. I didn't know what to do with all these feelings. um, And I didn't my none of my family's here. So, right. and, you know, I couldn't talk to it, you know, about it with them, really. So I didn't, you know, people right. tried. Everyone did the best they could. Right. Uh, it's hard to deal with. I was hard to deal with. I'm working on it, but I'm also trying to give myself a little, cut myself a little slack. I
0: think you definitely have to cut yourself a lot of slack. Yeah. Um, how was the institution of the hospital itself? Were, were the nurses warm? Were the doctors? Uh, what was the, what was the, what was the feel like? Because. This is where we're all going to end up at some point, and it's so rare. Until you go, you don't know.
1: They were great. My mom was hitting on all the male nurses and stuff up until the day she died, but that's just my mom. Um, They were all very, very nice, and it was strange because my mom was in a cardiac ICU, and everybody there was very old, and she was, you know, up in, like, she she never lost her mental capacity ever. I mean, she was tired, so she was out of it. What do Um, you think is
0: better? Maintaining mental uh, stability and understanding rationally what's going on or just kind of... Going more of the Ronald Reagan route.
1: I don't know. I think it'd be better to get have him get old. I mean, my brother and sister felt this way. We'd we'd walk. <laughs> this is a really horrible thing to say, but I don't care. Um, we'd walk past all these people going to go visit these just old, old, old people in these rooms, right. and I'm they're I'm like you know what? Shut up. This is nothing to cry about. She's ninety. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. my grandma actually died three months after my mom did, and it was very sad. Um, I love my grandma. I spent a lot of time there, but you know, it was also the funeral was in the exact same church. And then the wake was in the same place where my parents had their wedding reception. So that was a whole bunch of bunch of garbage. Um, But, you know, people get to be older. It's like,
0: did you feel angry with the people who had their who were mourning the the loss of their 90 year old mother? I mean, everything happened. So I
1: did. I did. And I I know that's horrible. But but I I kind of did. Um, You know, she'll never if I ever have a wedding, she'll never she'll never be there. Um, you know the pets, the the uh, my dog died too. Actually, three right. months after my grandma, my dad found him dead in a pile of blood vomit. Oh, he didn't. He wasn't out of nowhere. Um, it's been a, a rough six months, um, but she, you know, she she was so young. I I see on Facebook people like with their dead grandma, you know, pick stitches and their pets, and then I saw something one day that was like, I can't believe it's been a year. Uh, you know, whatever, blah, 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 twenty, And so it's 13 years old, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's bad. You know, I shouldn't complain. And I click on it. It's a fucking dog. Right. It's a dog. A 13-year-old large dog is a miracle, first of all. Yeah. Named Sarah. And it's like, so I thought it was a human, who the weirdo names their dog Sarah. Right. And I just, like, and everyone's commenting, like, <laughs> This is my cat Jonathan, you know. And they're commenting like this must be so hard for you and I just called my sister and I was like Ugh. she was like I know I read one about a guinea pig today. Ugh. And it's like I don't, you know, and I'll have, you know, friends saying, you know, my parents are fighting or my you know, parents are getting a divorce or whatever and I'm like are their hearts beating? Cool. And like <laughs> but like I get that pain is pain and so I I you know, I complained about anything and freaked out about anything before I went through this, but I mean, it's given me perspective but almost more perspective than I really want to have because I have a hard time relating to anybody else that's my age. Right. And I'm sure my sister is even harder. She was 19 at the time. She's 20 now. Right.
0: but Yeah. I mean what would be was anything said to you from somebody um, that, that was close to you that that actually did make a difference? What would your advice be to to uh, a friend of somebody going to you know, who uh, a friend who knows somebody going through something like this because you know, as a as a person who I still have both of my parents, and uh, i I don't know. I, I I don't think I ever told you one thing that that was right. Yeah, no is, is, did anybody just nail it and you're like, thank you, or is it such a personal thing that it's impossible for somebody else to understand?
1: It's impossible. Um, don't try too hard. um I, I just be like, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Um, I had people at the funeral coming up to me being like, you know, at least she didn't die in a car accident. I'm like, okay. What does that mean? Like, you yeah. can always invent a worse scenario. Like, you know, at least, you know, she wasn't like raped in front of you and had all of her limbs caught off. Like you can always right. invent a worse scenario. Like if anybody needs some help with grief, come talk to this guy. You know, it's like ridiculous. But the thing that I needed and still need is people to just not, or just people just to understand that they don't understand. Right. Um, that if I say, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, I'm sorry that I went nuts. It wasn't about you. It's because I'm thinking about my, my dad being home alone. I'm thinking about my dad being in this, in in, in a state. He moved there for my, you know, his whole family moved to Texas. He stayed in Michigan for my mom. He built my life around this woman and all of a sudden she's gone. Um, and a lot of, and, and, and just to, to believe me and say, okay, Um, I, I understand rather than thinking that I'm using it as an excuse because already people do have that attitude that I'm using it as an excuse or that, you know, I'm just, you know, it's not about that or, you know, you're crazy or, or this and that. People get kind of sick of hearing about it. Nobody wants to invite Cat out because she's the girl that might cry at, at your birthday party, you right. know. So it's not. I mean, it actually gets worse.
0: Um, in what sense? Now, how does it get worse? Because I just watched the movie Trainwreck, mm-hmm. um, and of course, in that movie, Amy Schumer. I, I know cried. you you yeah. went to see that movie as I well, thinking for it was a, a comedy. Laugh, and I, right. Yeah, and it is a very funny movie, but. Obviously struck a chord.
1: It was the first movie I've ever cried during in my life, actually. Right. And it was like yeah.
0: But there's the scene in that movie where her boss comes over, it's a week after the funeral and she's like, Yeah, we're we're kinda over it. Yeah. Um so what do people now so now you're saying that people use it as an uh they think you're using it as an excuse.
1: Yeah, I think that they do or maybe they wouldn't act this way. I don't know. Just like they don't know what I'm going through, I don't know what it's like to go through having to to deal with me being like how I was. I'll probably cry. But, um, you know, like I actually, the, since this all happened, the best week that I've had was the funeral and that sounds messed up, but that's mm. because everybody cared. And, um, you know, it, the people that I'm, you know, was and am the closest to, or the people got hit the hardest and I ended up losing some of those people. Cause you know, it was just too much to, to handle and, 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 uh, you know, and so it does get worse because. Not everyone is so focused on this is what you're going through. Um, Because, you know, I still can't call her anymore now than I could call her before. And we still have, like, all these new hosts of problems that people don't think about. Like, I've told you a little bit about this. Like, her health insurance ran out the minute she died. Right. The minute she died, you know, everyone was on her health insurance.
0: Yeah, let's get into that a little bit. As far as just literally the clerical work, the unemotional clerical... Office work you have to do after a death is so unbelievably insensitive yeah. and heartbreaking. So, you're saying the minute she died,
1: no health, all, no
0: health insurance. So, your father has to get on the phone
1: with Cobra at the, during the funeral while we're also planning the funeral. Um, and, you know, I had to, in order to get her phone. out of her phone contract. I had to like (laughs) steal her identity and like call Verizon. Like, sorry, I died. You know, she died before she could get this taken care of. And then also she paid into social security for her entire career. And since she didn't technically, you know, she's dead, she can't collect any of it. So this is money that my parents were planning on having. They were supposed to retire together in three years. Very excited about it. Um, All this money she doesn't get now that she paid into. So my dad gets his 2000 a month. And she he doesn't get my mom's two thousand a month, so he's gonna have to work for like ten more years now. Right. Instead of getting to retire in like two or three years. Were
0: you taken aback by that?
1: Yeah, I really was. I mean, you know, there's you know, there's no widowed tax bracket either. So now he's in like the single tax bracket, he's in getting these tax breaks. It's like <laughs> that's another thing people don't understand too, is it's like it's almost it's also so much more than just missing my mom. It's you know, my you know, we're dealing with so much even on a practical level right. that we wouldn't have had to deal with before. Everything falls on my dad. And I, I really feel horrible. And I try to help as much as I can and be there for my siblings and be there for my dad. And, and i still don't even know how I'm handling this. It's 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 so bad um you know it's 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 so bad i thought the worst thing we got into a fight at the, at the funeral home she wanted an open casket and i was like don't make me look at your body mom She was like no people need so but that i mean that was hey i would i fantasize about the funeral week which sounds strange but like i said i really thought i had such overwhelming support that i i was i was overwhelmed almost with the joy of having this support right and people can't and, and they can't keep up that level of support. and I'm not even saying that they need to be expected to I, d- I don't know I don't know what it's like to be in that position, just like they don't know what it's like to be in my position. so um, but but it gets harder because you do become more alone. I spend a lot right. of time alone.
0: <laughs> so. Your mother had a great sense of humor and she yeah. was she was constantly joking
1: mm-hmm. even
0: uh, towards the end. and I would assume your sense of humor is been but, but a huge asset in this situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I make a lot of jokes about death because my mom did. Um, She had so much fun uh, because it. Everyone was expecting her to come back to work. This this decline was like, um, because like her spirit, and she was like walking around and working. Nobody nobody expected her to actually die so so fast. Um, Not even me. I thought less than a year, but I did not think three weeks. I mean, that was horrible. But, um, you know, she was sitting there in bed responding to her work emails being like, can't make it, going to die. Right. And I'm sure people were reading this like what like what she was saying. She was like, I'm sorry, I won't be there because I, you know, I will not be returning as a regular Delta passenger. <laughs> so this woman is envisioning her corpse right. being flown uh. across the country. And I'm just sitting there like, how can you do this? Um, and, and, and so it was inspiring. She was very religious. She made us all go to confession. Yeah. Um, she made, she made the priest turn the, the hospital room into one of the confessionals and I went, I, I didn't really, you know, I just told him, I'm like, look, I don't really, I don't believe in this anymore, but let's, you know, I love my mom. So let's chat.
0: Like you mentioned earlier uh, when discussing death and how Hollywood romanticizes it mm-hmm. as if it's something to be, um. You know, it's almost like a, it's a glorious occasion. Yeah, there was nothing glorious no. about this occasion.
1: It's disgusting. It's 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 disgusting. It's it's demeaning. It's it's horrible. So,
0: what as far as dark humor goes, are you are you more comfortable with death jokes and things like that now than ever before? And what do you think about people who are extremely sensitive? Um, when it comes to that sort of, like, dark style of joking around?
1: Nobody is really that comfortable with it. You know, like, I've got more of my dead mom's flip-flops right now, and I'll, like, say that. They're like, oh, my dead mom's flip-flops, and they're like, ah. Oh. And <laughs> when you
0: say something like that, people do get uncomfortable. They get so uncomfortable. What, what, what reaction would you prefer they have?
1: Just, like, you know, just, like, follow what my reaction is. People feel pressure to have to say something. Nothing that you're going to, like, she was dead before I mentioned her flip-flops. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um... I will let you know if I need something you know like I mean I, it's it's really is hard it really is hard I do have my moments where I act in ways I never would have acted before I get really angry and I take it on people that don't deserve it and do I'm getting better like, at it right. but yeah
0: I mean do you feel I know you're not religious but I don't know another term like God wronged you Do, do you, you feel, feel angry? I mean I would imagine there has to be bitterness anger do you, do you ever feel anger at your mother in in some way for being sick?
1: I I feel anger. This was she actually had a rare unrelated form of cancer uh, when I was in college. She had a very rare breast cancer. She that was she beat that totally unrelated. She gets a second rare disease. And so, yeah, it's bullshit, you know. And so she's you know, she dies. I don't know how I, I could believe in anything. You know, she dies three months. Later, my grandma dies. Breakup. Horrible breakup. Um, dog found dead in the kitchen i mean and it's it's like i'm just waiting you know i'm like some you know i'm just waiting for the next horrible thing and you know mo- most of those things were you know beyond my control certainly death is always beyond your control and you know you do look around with people that have i don't care that he didn't text you back
0: <laughs> right <laughs>
1: like, yeah so and then and then it, that's that becomes another problem that it's it is hard to find people to relate to really really hard
0: Do you get upset about the little things or you sort of think, uh, you know, this just doesn't matter anymore?
1: I get upset about the little things, but it's never really about the little things. It'll be like I'm working so hard to be okay, And then I I need people there. I'm so worried about my support system leaving me. I was so paranoid about it. So then I wound up being on edge and that probably made drove has driven people away right? and and, and I didn't have any skills to, to deal with this I didn't I did the best I could I nobody I've, does
0: there isn't a class yeah. in college for this
1: right right and and you know I've, I've gotten a lot better I don't feel better I've gotten a lot better with trying to like channel it in a more healthy way I guess um, but you know you don't you don't get better you just get used to feeling like a stable level of shitty I guess is a way to put it right know.
0: a stable level of shitty yeah sounds I mean, like a great rock album
1: yeah I mean I don't I mean it's not that it, it doesn't it doesn't give it and you know I, I and I'm not religious but a lot of people times people want to be like oh you know like you you got your contract like that was her and, you know, I don't think so, but thank you. I mean, and people mean right. well, and I appreciate that. And I'm envious also of religious people. I'm very envious. Um, a lot of people don't understand. I'm not religious because I I can't be. I would love to believe that um, I would see her again. Um, it's horrible. I mean, she's, it's, I, I because I'm, you know, she's in the ground right now. She's in the ground. She's bug food. I'll never see her again. That's it. Right. And that's, how am I supposed to deal with that and be like, Like, cat's acting crazy. Well, do you think people go through
0: the religious, um, you know, they seek religion because the imagery is much nicer.
1: It's much nicer. But you
0: enjoy, like we talked about earlier, you enjoy confronting the reality.
1: It's not even that I enjoy it. I just, I don't feel as though I have a choice. Right. Um, I can't deceive myself into thinking that it's anything else. And believe me, I've tried. Um, People say, you know, you look around for signs. Have you ever felt her? People tell me all the time, I felt your mom. I haven't. I haven't at all, not once. Um, I have clothes of hers I wear. I'll go through her old text. Me- it's pretty sad. I'll go through her old text messages right. and just sit home and cry and like just try to remember things that, you know, I've listened to her voicemails to like hear her say my name. I but I haven't, I haven't seen or, or heard anything. And and I kind of, you know, I always was like maybe religious, but then after, you know, after like after not feeling anything like that, I just I can't I can't make myself believe in it. I guess. Right. So I think the healthiest thing to do is be like, yeah, you know, she's, it's done. She's gone.
0: So you're the, you are the woman of the family. Yes. You are the leader of the family. Yes. How have you been able to support your father throughout this whole thing? Because honestly, Kat, you're so unbelievably strong. Thank you. I, I would say the strongest way. in the family. So you have, you have to lift other people up while you're feeling yourself lower than you've ever felt before. Yes. How did you do that emotionally?
1: I'm not always good at it. Um, after you know, like the whole like whatever breakup thing, my dad was really, he was actually the was there for me, um, and that was hard. And, and but but the thing is, is I can't really call my dad for help or advice anymore because then he, he gets upset. Um, you know, you know he he wants to see me succeed and have me carry on the legacy of the family. Um, right. No pressure. <laughs> So yeah, it's tough. It's it's it really is tough. And and, and I'm still searching for a a support system. I'm learning that I'm I I, maybe I just don't get one. Maybe I just don't get one. Um, You can feel bad and it'll you'll just keep breathing and and you know, you you just don't you just don't you know. So whatever that goes wrong, I just I just try to not I just try to be present. And, and say I'm okay right now in this moment. I smoke a lot of e-cigarettes now, and they help, yeah. actually. But I call my dad constantly. I ask him how he's doing, um, you know, all the time. I Skype I Skype him a lot whenever I'm doing anything. If I have anything exciting going on, I tell him. And I always let him know because he worries about me because um, I am depressed, obviously, and he knows it. I let him know whenever th- anything cool happens or anything good happens, um, and the same with, you know, my brother and sister, I always like call and see how they're doing. And I just, I always take their phone calls, no matter what I'm doing. I, I always take their phone calls um, and, and, and just try to be there as, as much as I so as I can.
0: one positive side effect, I suppose, is the family has been brought together because really nobody else can understand what you're going through.
1: No, nobody can. Um, not at all. So, yeah, I mean, we got, we, got, we were always a very close family. Uh, but now, I mean, we're, we're very, 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 very close. And, and we're all kind of angry and um you know it, but there's really just it's just there's nothing you can do there's nothing you can do um other than just keep breathing <laughs> right and try to focus on other stuff um yeah
0: it's interesting now because we live in an era where tombstones were once in cemeteries and you would walk and you would go and you would lay flowers and now we live in a, in the era of the internet so um do you Ever seek out your mother online? I do, and it's so weird. Then did she have a Facebook yeah, page? Yeah, like how
1: can a dead person have a Facebook page? Right. It's so strange. This is a whole new era. Yeah, it still says in a relationship, and I was like, mom, like you're married, and she's like, I know, that's the most serious relationship of all. I'm like, okay, <laughs> she's such a weirdo. But I do like it, but it also seems weird, like how can a dead person have a Facebook? Right. How? How can a dead person have a Facebook um, it, it's it's so bizarre, um, and you know I have a lot more people reaching out to me. Everybody knows about it. Some of her students have reached out to me, which is inspiring. They you know, say you know your mom made a huge difference in my life.
0: Right? Do people still post on her wall and things like that?
1: Yeah, and I've never you know.
0: How I, does that make? Because I mean, this is sort of. I had this conversation the other day with a friend. I think when I die, I think take it down. Yeah. I don't know. But what are your thoughts on it? Because you're living in it. Does it help at all with grief? or does it sort of remind you of of sadness.
1: I think it's important to talk about death. So, I sometimes on certain anniversaries or certain days I will be open about it and you know say, "Hey, this is this day was with my mom and you know, or, you know this was her, would be her birthday." But, you know, first of all to talk about amyloidosis cuz most people have never heard of it and that's why some people who get it die, but also because um, I can't be the only one. I feel like the only one. So I'm sure there are other people out there feeling like they're the only one. And um, I just I have to, I have to be honest about it and upfront about it because, right. like I said, it'd be you know it'd be easier for me to like people like people post about their sex life on Facebook all day long, most discussed. But if you say death, everyone's like, why does why do people like? It's just, <laughs> whatever. Cat's right. mom died. Nah, man, it's not you say like you know people are sick of it. I know that they are, but um. The more sick of it people get, the worse it gets for me, so.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Unbelievable, Kat. Your story is so powerful, and it's going to help millions and millions of people who are going through these extremely isolating and tragic events. Isolating,
1: isolating, definitely. Yeah.
0: They don't feel like they can, you know, reach out to anybody, or no one will understand, but... You know, there is always a community out there that you can reach out to, especially, I know, I would assume uh, we have to wrap up. But I would assume you went through, uh, you are, as you mentioned earlier, going through some major uh, bouts with depression on occasion, obviously. Of course.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: You lost the grandmother, the dog, and of course, uh, the most precious of all, your mother. Um, So, would you just, you know, if people, would you just like to say if people are going through this, you know, You'll, I mean, you're, you're hanging in there yeah. and you're maintaining, you're working. Yeah. Do you think throwing yourself into work has been, that's a good strategy or what, just really briefly, if there's any strategy that you have personally used, even if it's vodka, sodas, e-skags and Xanax, E-Skags, whatever it might be. E-skags
1: are very helpful. And yeah, throwing myself into work, um, has definitely, definitely helped me. And within the past couple of months, just like mindful, mindfulness, um, Not worrying about a problem until I have to worry about it, saying, you know, do I am I basing this on an assumption? Uh, or or fat, this person texts me back, they hate me. Okay, no, I know they didn't text me back, I don't know what that they hate me just to kind of uh minimalize any extra stress Mm. and uh uh yeah, that I have. So stay present and definitely focus on the things you can control, like work.
0: Thank you so much for coming in, Kat, and telling your story. Um. All right, you can find Cat Timf on Twitter. It's so <laughs> weird to just be like. Hey, by the way, she's still on Twitter. <laughs> by the way,
1: check out my funny tweets. <laughs> That's right.
0: They are amazing tweets. Follow Cat Timf on Twitter at Cat Timf. Um. Follow Mike Coscarelli, our producer, at Mike Coscarelli. I am of course at Ben Kissel, and uh, you can see Cat. Both and uh, uh, both of us are yeah. going to be on Filled Show, and that'll be airing what Sunday tomorrow
1: at Sunday
0: August, at ten p.m. August thirtieth, or I don't know, is it August 29th there? Is it thirty I don't days? know what it is. Thirty, yeah. Thirtieth. Okay, so August thirtieth. Um,
1: no death, you guys, on <laughs> there. No death.
0: That, that's right. No death on that show. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Follow my other shows, Abeligan's Top at The Last Podcast on the left, and The Round Table of Gentlemen. And uh, that'll do it. Thanks so much, Kat. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, totally.